dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're doing well. Well, first off, we have a voicemail from John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries. Go ahead, John. Hey, Glenn. John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your episode where you were talking about the Adventurers Guild and their sort of teleportation tomfoolery in your campaign. Really love the idea of that. And the teleportation idea reminded me of one of the few things I liked about 4th edition D&D, which was they had this idea of transportation circles, like permanently linked sort of ritual circles that you could teleport between. I'm sure it's popped up in other versions of D&D, but that's where I remember coming across it. And I may have to yoink that idea to bring into my Midlands Great London game. I quite fancy having a sort of adventurous league led by a sort of captain a flash heart style sort of larger than life character if you're familiar with Blackadder and I think that could be very funny and entertaining and the teleport circles would give us a way of travelling outside London without moving the focus of the campaign. Cheers dude, take care. Thank you for sending that John, I appreciate it. Yeah, the AccuQuest idea kind of a couple of places, I got that idea for a couple of places. One, I've done a lot of temp work in my day so I'm kind of familiar with temp agencies. And I got the idea from the Forgotten Realms, Aurora's Whole Realms catalog, when they started talking about having teleport pads to get their customers their goods, things like that. And I thought, well, if you can teleport stuff, why can't you teleport adventurers? So that's where I got that idea. And yeah, that's a that's a real it's a real boon. And I like it because the the premise this is also why I don't mind black powder I wouldn't mind black powder in my worlds because it's more of a it's more of a opportunity for things to go wrong. Because black powder can misfire and you can have a roll on it. I would make it somewhat volatile. But aside from that, teleport pads they can malfunction. They can get you can get the, they can get the coordinates wrong. They can get the, you know, they it might end up in the middle of nowhere where they have to trudge their way back or something like that. That's why I like these kind of things, because to me, with every magical or whatever technology you lay on the fantasy world, there's more opportunity for it to go wrong. For it to, you know, there's there's always that chance, and that's where I have my fun. <laughs> you know, black powder weapons can misfire, they can backfire, they can blow up on you. Teleport pads can put you anywhere, even in places you don't want to be. So thank you very much, John, for that for that for that voicemail. <laughs> and I've got another idea about something you do. It involves storing magic and spells, and I'll talk about that in a moment. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy 
Kobe Price, Priceline. Okay. Now, my other idea, I've tried this before. I have these things in my fantasy come somewhat steampunk world where I have magic stones, where mages have figured out a way, or at least some crazy inventor types have figured out a way of storing magic in a stone and using that as the power, the power, the the power to do stuff. In other words, you can, when I was writing Castles and Crusades, this, this one crazy gnome inventor came up with these and they power his inventions. He comes up with inventions that pretty much do some, most of them duplicate spells. But he comes up with these conventions where you need these magic stones, and he makes these magic stones because he's somewhat of a magician. And he gives them out for people to power his stuff to field test it. So, so you put a stone in there, and it has enough magic power for how many, however many shots or whatever. And the players also found out, since they have air rifles, because I don't have black powder, but I do have steam and clockwork, so they have air rifles. They found out they can put them in the guns and fire them, and then, you know, all bets are off. You know, I roll on magic tables and find out what happens, because the, you know, the air rifles weren't really designed to fire magic stones. So, you know, that's going to happen. But they originally got, I got the idea for those was originally spell coins where mages found out how to put magic or spells inside regular coins like gold pieces, silver pieces, things like that. And there's a correlation to this with another mage. So, because the whole idea was to commodify magic. And I don't see there's anything wrong with that as long as you don't, you know, take it, you can only take it so far in a magic world. You know, I'm not worried about an arms race or anything like that because I can always put limitations on it. But the idea was to say, you take a copper piece. I can hold X amount of magic or X amount of first levels, probably one first level spell or one first to third level spell or something like that. And then you can figure out going gold will hold more, silver will, silver will hold more, gold will hold more, and platinum will hold even more and you can put maybe I don't know and you can either put the spells in there in, in my thinking or you can put the energy the magical energy in there to throw spells kind of like a ring of spell storing only for just raw magic and if you get these if you get these coins you've got to figure out you got to sit down and figure out or the DM the GM does Okay, okay, is this going to hold regular magic or a spell? Say it's a silver coin. Say a silver coin can hold two spells from X amount of level, say first or third level. you got to figure out which two spells are in there, or if it's just a duplicate of the same spell. You know, he, I can use this two times or so. And you got to figure out, like, if it's going to be a multi-spell coin, how do they activate these things? Because if you're if you activate like by throwing it at somebody and the spell goes off, you have a certain percentage chance of not getting the coin back if it's still there. It's probably still I'm I'm assuming that the coins will still be there. Whatever happens, say you have a fireball and a gold piece and you throw it at somebody and the fireball goes off, 
or you throw it on the ground, the fireball goes off. It's not going to get burned up in the in the in the. It's still there. But the point is, you know, you could lose it. Somebody could take it. Things like that, which is a good thing. So, do you want them to do like throw it at them, or do you want to just hold it and you have a, either a trigger word or you squeeze it a certain way or something, and the spell goes off? And even that's tricky because you squeeze it the wrong way, the wrong spell goes off. And there's also possibility that it's defective. It's it's a dud, either it's a dud or it blows up or something like. See, more opportunity for chaos, which the GM likes. So you've got to figure out all this stuff. But once you do, then you can come up with you come up, you can come up with all sorts of different little scenarios for it, which which I absolutely love. I love giving players stuff that they don't quite know what it does or how to activate it. Yeah, I give them descriptions. I'm, I'm one of those GM, GMs that say, "Oh, what is it?" Well, I'll just tell you. You know, don't waste an identify spell. They're hardly used anyway. So. But I, I can also hold some stuff back, some info back. And even if they know that this is a random thing, they'll take it anyway. Because part of the fun is me rolling on. They, they love it too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they love it too. But if you have this all figured out, you've got a neat little... You got a neat little thing you can do with them, but it would also affect your world. You know, all of a sudden, mages are putting spell spells in coins. There's all kinds of mischief that would go on. It would raise the, I don't know, the commodity would probably take a hit. The the, yeah, the commodity, the economy would probably take a hit a bit. Maybe things would be a little more expensive. But also, there's stuff like assassins can use these coins and put like an explosion or uh, some kind of thing where they can poison people magically that that or something like that so you got that dynamic going on so you know it gives you the great 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 ideas now the corollary i was talking about is i wanted to come up with like a wizard or wizards probably a wizard who who it not to get away from coins for a minute he wants to standardize and commodify the spells themselves and so he comes up, say it's, uh, say his name's Bubo the Great, and he comes up with Bubo spells, spells for the common man, and they're on scrolls, or they could be on coins. I don't know, maybe he's the one who came up with the spell coins. Bubo the, you know, Bubo the Magnificent, Bubo, everybody knows Bubo's spells, but they come in real handy for, like, he does, like, first to third level spells, low-level low spells for the common man that anybody can, can do. All you have to do is just read the scroll, it's gone, and the spell happens, boom. And, you, you know, for a high, you can put more than one spell on there for a higher amount, he can put, but every time it's cast, everybody knows that's a Bubo spell. I don't know what happens. Something happens like his face flat, his face is, you know, his face and logo flashes and the spell goes off or something like that. Something funny. I, I would do that. That would be funny. If it's funny, I'll do it. So, <laughs> Bubo spells. And, you know, you can go into the dungeon with like a half a dozen of these things if you don't have a cleric or a wizard or whatever. And I'd love to see like a, a neophyte party go in there with like a bunch of Bubo spells. And see if they can get through the dungeon. I, I, I wouldn't put past new new characters to do that. So there's Bubo spells, which is I think you know commodifying things like magic can be fun. I don't care what people say about oh this is going to ruin the world. No, it's not going to ruin the world. You're going to have more fun because things can go wrong. 
Bubo's spells can go wrong too. So, you know, there's that. And so I'm going to leave you with that and I'm going to go start my day. So if you want to talk to me about this, you know, email me, omangrognar at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor and we're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help me help support this program and I would thank you. And thank you again to Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel for supporting me, for supporting my program. Thank you guys. You're great. Don't forget about Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast too. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.